and welcome to The Spirit of the Endeavor. This is episode 57, and it is our summer vacation special! Woo! I'm Jamaica Zogelman. And I'm Kodiak Julian, and we are going to talk about the pursuit of beauty, mystery, and the sublime in everyday life, especially during summer vacation. Oh yeah! At the top of our show, we talk about things that are awesome possums, so... Here are some of the things that are awesome possum about summer vacation. Water balloons. Berry picking. Sprinklers. Festivals. <gasps> Stargazing. Blockbuster movies. Mm. Picnics. Crickets. Swimming holes. Campfires. Oh, and barbecues. Freckles. Mm, months of good fresh food. Yes. Quiet. Mm, the smell of sunscreen. Mosquito repellent. Mountains. Being outside in late evenings. Oh, yeah. Ooh, squishy road tar. Ice cream. Paletas. Open doors and windows. Weddings. And our kids' birthdays. That's right. We have the birthday palooza. (laughs) And we're now entering the time of year when we have hours of light. I know. What an adjustment. (laughs) We talk so much on this show about darkness and how valuable darkness is and what does it do for us to have all this light? Well, I think it's funny because, you know, we, we talk so much about darkness because we really need to, like, convince ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and with the light, I think that it sort of speaks for itself. You know, of course things are blooming and blossoming. And I think a lot of people feel that within themselves, too, this this abundance of energy and this sense of, like, I can do things. <laughs> oh, and I certainly notice, you know, the energy level of my kids going up when the when the nights are are stretching out later and later. Uh, it just I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. Even just the simple fact of having more daylight, even if the weather's not great, you know, which lately it has been. I think there's something about that just additional time at the end of the day where you can just lean into it a little further and get more done or take on bigger projects bite off just a little more than you can chew because hey it's okay there's just more day (laughs) and maybe if you're really lucky you can sleep in the next day (laughs) (laughs) well what do the uh extended daylight hours do for you because i know that you're one who maybe doesn't sit as comfortably with the darkness during the winter well as it's come up several times in the show i'm somewhat obsessed with walks and runs in my neighborhood and I love early morning runs on the rare times when yeah. I can convince myself to get up early enough for a yeah. run in the morning. Because these days, that's pretty early to be running in the true dawn of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just having that morning time to myself before the rest of the world gets moving. Yeah. And so, yeah, in summer, dawn is is a very rare kind of a thing. <laughs> but just mornings and just enjoying it. And... I spend so much time within just an intense hustle and bustling mm-hmm. world of, of the school world. And there's a quiet that comes over the neighborhood during summer. Yeah. And then in the evenings, having that long stretch of time to get to go on evening walks is yeah. is wonderful. And in spring that season where I'm so obsessed with walks, you also have to kind of catch that daylight while it's available. And Mm -hmm. the opportunity just keeps continuing in summer. Well, and I know as you were talking about school being out, changing the energy level of the neighborhood. And I think 
that I go through bigger peaks and valleys with the energy of my household in the mm. summer because there's no set schedule of school to keep everything sort of running like <laughs> clockwork. You know, you get up at the same time and you get out the door at the same time and there are lunches to be made and homework to be packed. And in the summer, we can have days of very low activity or we can have big, giant, road trippy, camping type periods of very high energy. And so it allows for these really big vacillations to occur within the household because schedules are just sort of all out of whack. I think that's kind of healthy to mix things up a bit. It really goes with one of the big themes of our show, the theme of that desiring peak experiences and also mm -hmm. the theme of needing daily habits in order to maintain mm -hmm. the life that allows you to have big peak experiences. Yeah. And I find each year I try to cram in more and more peak experiences <laughs> into my summer. And by the time that it's time to go back to school, I am so ready for routine again. Yeah. And I, I love that when there's when I'm craving summer and I'm craving adventures, I can't imagine wanting routine. And by the time that I'm ready for routine, I am so ready for feeling like routine will give me a break. Right. You're all adventured out. <laughs> Well, that's a good goal for the summer. Let's get nicely adventured out. Can do. <laughs> All right. Next on our show, we like to talk about something we're going to try. So, Kodiak, this being our summer vacation special, what are you going to try this summer? I need to see some more of my own state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is this really cool trend that's been showing up around Yakima, Washington, which is a we are really awesome trend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I was at my son's school music night a week or two ago and looked around and there were so many t-shirts that were all about go Yakima and hooray for the <laughs> Pacific Northwest and yeah. yay Washington State. The general theme was this is a pretty great place to be and I have to agree. Mm -hmm. And as I see so many of these messages reminding me to go out and explore my state, I realize how little of it I've actually seen, even though I've spent almost all of my life living here in Washington State and thinking it was awesome. And this strikes me as sad and pathetic. No! <laughs> what uh, what places are, are still unexplored territory for you? Well, you've been inspiring me to explore a lot more of the, of the Olympic Peninsula. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> And there's a lot of the North Cascades that mm -hmm. I haven't seen. There's a town that you can only get to by crossing through a very large lake. When this, yeah, this really intrigues me. Yes, <laughs> it's magical. Is start it really? there. Yes, <laughs> start there. Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, as you know, it's not that far away. <laughs> So I feel like I need to just get out the guidebooks and just start mm -hmm. making notes and lists. And even if the place doesn't seem like an extraordinary destination in itself, to just take on the adventure and maybe put my kid in the car for a couple of days and say, Ender, we're going to go have some adventures in Washington. And during the drive, maybe we can play a lot of games and mm -hmm. sing along to Hamilton a whole bunch. Yes. We did a tour of volcanoes Ooh. a couple of years ago over the summer and drove to different 
volcanoes in our state. Wow. So it was really, really worthwhile and fun and something that the kids still talk about and request that we do. Wow. So maybe maybe a theme. Or I'm thinking about, you know, how you were saying that some destinations don't seem especially sparkly or like, woo, we got to go there. But just the notion that it can be so different from what you were looking at only a couple of hours ago. We live in such a unique place where if you drive for two hours in just about any direction, you're going to be looking at very, very different topography and, you know, even different climate. Yeah. So, yeah, to go from the Palouse to, you know, the the Cascades and there's high plateaus and there's rainforests, like, it's crazy. I was working on a book a couple of years ago that dealt with several generations and uh, a mining town and, mm-hmm. uh, and and a few that had come out of, you know, mining disasters and, and various dark gothic stuff. And there's Ooh. a reason why I'm not working on this book anymore. <laughs> it got a little dark for me, but I was really having fun working on it. And I was having a lot of fun thinking about the research that would go on with it and thinking, yeah. I mean, there are so many of these towns with abandoned mines mm-hmm. throughout Washington because we have our mountains. And yep. thinking, what a cool theme that would be. And just this last weekend, I was up in the little town of Roslyn with my family, yeah. which is which is the town that, as you know, side note, was used as pretend Alaska for the TV show Northern Exposure. Yeah. And so it's really fun to walk through the town and think, I can totally see why somebody would look at this place and say, yeah, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> and also to imagine what it must have been like to have been a miner in this town a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. And so I'm sure that there are so many of these treasures all over the place, and I just need to go and spend some time with yeah. them. I grew up right near an old mining town that's literally called Black Diamond, because <laughs> it's a mining town, and there's mining carts and mining museums. And wow. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> Coming up, Professor Fixit, but first, a word from our sponsor. From the makers of 99% Inedible and This Odiferous Life, a new podcast will expose the mystery that kept two household ensnared in a web of deceit, accusation, and gluttony. Kodiak's mother, known garbage eater, describes it as an alarming parable for our age. Jamaica's husband sharpens his alibis. And one small boy compiles a growing list of suspects. Spirit of the Endeavor is proud to have first broken the story on episode 26, and we've been investigating the mystery as it unfolds. P-Town, the case of the toilet smarties. A lot can happen behind the toilet. Next up, it's a segment we call Professor Fix-It, when we talk about things that we would like to figure out. So, Jamaica, what do you have for the professor to fix this week? Well, we talked about the benefits of having long, luxurious, hot, bright summer days. My problem, Professor, is that these days tend to exhaust me. <laughs> I And not just because we're doing lots of things. Like, I really, I really enjoy being outside. I enjoy hiking and camping and wearing myself out. I get emotionally overstimulated by having these very long, bright days. It's too bright. It's too hot. 
<laughs> and how some people feel about winter, I feel about summer. It is, by the end of it, almost unbearable. Hmm. So I'm wondering, what can I do? Because I don't want to retreat into an air-conditioned building, and I don't want to use blackout curtains, but... I mean, do I have to? What can I do? Well, I don't think that this is an all-or-nothing situation. I mean, have you considered the <laughs> siesta? <laughs> well, that's uh, easier to achieve without small children who are <laughs> resistant to a siesta or anything siesta-adjacent. <laughs> I have fond memories of summer mornings, being inside and being in rooms where the light would shine in, but it was calm and it felt quiet and working on art projects. And I share this with a friend who said, oh, for me, it's summer afternoons and being inside writing with a glass of ice water. Mm. And I think that we both found a place of quiet and calm within that whirlwind of heat and light that summer can be. However, we were not the parents of three small children. Right. <laughs> hmm. And it really, it is sort of a, a Yakima problem that didn't come up in my life when I was living over in Seattle because it's just not as intense. Yeah. And I don't think maybe I'm biologically equipped. I don't know. You're right that perhaps just being more intentional about how I'm exposing myself to sunlight could be really helpful and just taking myself out of the sun physically and just emotionally being like no I'm pause on summer <laughs> we're all gonna lie down and pretend it's <laughs> not or or maximizing my outdoor time when it's really early <laughs> you know, yeah. earlier, earlier in the day I could still get that outdoor time if we could hit the trail by seven or so yeah is there a calm routine that you think your kids would buy into oh I don't know we do a lot of read aloud but as they have grown, you know, in their ability to digest stories, they're developing also very different tastes. Mm. So it becomes more and more challenging to find mm -hmm. books that they all want to sit down and read for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Can you do some kind of a rotation with the books? Oh, possibly. Oh, yeah. Like well, they you like... take turns with whose book is first, whose book is second, whose book is third, and yeah. then there's a variety of stories, and that's the afternoon read-aloud time, and everybody sure. gets a break, and maybe you make some kind of yummy popsicles that you get to eat during oh, that yeah. time. And so it's sort of this, it's a siesta. It's, it's not a sleeping siesta, but it's still, it's a oh. siesta from that intense day and everyone's snuggly and it's pleasant and it's something oh. you can look forward to when then you can dust yourselves off and return <laughs> to the world. I, I think I might try that, Professor. A siesta that's not for sleeping, <laughs> just for resting. Next on our show, it's a segment that we call Elementary, my dear, where we talk about the things that we have figured out. So, Kodiak, what is elementary to you? It's elementary that I am allowed to go somewhere really cool with my husband. Yes! <laughs> that is acceptable. That's more than acceptable. This is a thing that people do, but I had somehow forgotten that this is a thing people do. <laughs> Until... Last summer, when my dear friend told me about planning a honeymoon with her husband, and they had already been married for a couple of years, and so it was like, huge, like, Bob, you can have a honeymoon after you've been married for a while, and you can go somewhere amazing. Yeah, especially, like, if you call it a honeymoon, it's allowed to be a little over the top. Yeah, and our 
honeymoon was very, very lovely, but it was a really long time ago, and it was something pretty simple because we didn't have a lot of money at the yeah. time. And so now we have somewhat more freedom. And so I am going to be taking my husband to Italy. <gasps> Yay! I'm I'm really I'm I'm mind blown. I can't believe that this is my life. I can't believe that I'm going to get to have two whole weeks with him, which oh, is my gosh. the most time he and I have had alone without working ever, I yeah. think. And the last time that he and I traveled together in a different country was 10 years ago. Wow. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm mind blown. And, and the other part of this, it's becoming elementary is just learning that travel is a skill. And after traveling abroad for the first time on a trip that I had planned myself with my son Ender last summer, realizing I can do this. I can figure out this puzzle. And it's less intimidating financially than I thought it was. And it's less intimidating generally than I thought it was. And so it feels like it's opened up the door to the travel that I've been longing for my whole life as feeling like something that is far more accessible than it used to feel like. What a wonderful takeaway. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the number one thing that I got out of traveling overseas, which sounds exotic, <laughs> was I can do this. Yeah. I can do this and not fail or be scared or run away. Yeah. Like, oh, what else could I do? Right? <gasps> oh, Italy. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. Do you have any extra special plans in place that you've already figured out or is that still sort of in the works? Well, I'm excited about all the cities that we're going to, and we're going to go to Cinque Terre and mm. do a lot of walking, and I'm, you know, we're going to Venice, so I'm excited about, you know, Venice generally, yes. and I'm excited <laughs> about Florence in a general sense, but out of specific other things that I've scheduled, we are going to be seeing the opera Carmen in Rome, so well, the, the idea of seeing an opera in, in Rome, Rome is just is just so romantic that I am just gonna plot. So <laughs> I think it's it's a darn shame that microphones can't pick up on facial expressions sometimes because <laughs> mine has to be some dreamy version of Daunt. <laughs> <laughs> dreamy Daunt, we need Daunt. a word for this. <sighs> Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And of course, we'll have to get updates on what new takeaways you've gotten from this additional travel experience once you've, you know, gone out and lived it. Yeah, because that's the point, right? Yeah. I I realized that, well, I realized that's not the point of travel for everyone. I realized that for a lot of people, travel (laughs) is about relaxation. But for me, travel is about learning something new that I can take home. Yeah. So I'm really excited to find out what is new that... I'm going to be taking home. Coming up, it's the cosmic swirl, but first a check-in. I had spoken before about wanting to do a community sort of art project in the general sense that I thought that group art is its own special kind of magic. And I talked about wanting to possibly do another gallery show Uh, with my kids since I had done that before and it just was so empowering to be able to say your art matters kids Mm. and so now what's cooking is a community art gallery experience that I will be the boss of. 
so, so what is this thing? <laughs> I am going to look into having it at the Unitarian Church because mm-hmm. that is a space that we can use. Mm-hmm. And I would like to have it extend to basically any families that are interested because I yeah. really I think if we get a big enough space, then it doesn't have to be exclusive to any age or neighborhood or anything like that. So, I mean, really, that's as far as I've gotten, but I'm so excited about it that that's my chicken. <laughs> that's a really great chicken. Yeah. And I just find that having a specific goal to work work towards in terms of creativity, I mean, it sounds a little bit stodgy to be like, well, I have a due date and I have an assignment, mm-hmm. so I need to do it. But it really, it's helpful for me. Mm. And I think that it's helpful for my kids to be able to say like, no, but we're making this to go up in the art show. So Mm. you should probably slow down and Mm. put a little thought into it. I know that when we did it last time, I got some very interesting and different work than I would normally have gotten from them. Just because they were aware that this was something new. And I think it's going to push me to try some new things as well. And I'm just thinking about how do you bring in more of the community with this and, ooh, will you put up posters for it in the library and will they be in English and in Spanish? I don't know. What else might I do? Keep talking. (laughs) Keep talking. (laughs) Yes, I think that I do need to practice my promotion and outreach skills in a general sense. This is something I am typically very not comfortable and not good at. And this is a great way for me to practice something that I need It's a skill I need to have in my life to be able to say, this is important to me, and I think it is awesome, and I think you all should be paying attention to what I'm saying right now. (laughs) And I don't don't have this skill. Like, I'm comfortable saying it right here, but this doesn't feel like I'm in front of a large audience, although I, you know, sort of am. It feels like I'm just sitting in this cozy nook with my friend talking about a cool plan. So I think that I need to start actually, in a very real, physical, non-radio sense, putting stuff up and out there for people to, you know, pay attention to and take seriously. Darn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there. Skills of all sorts being developed at the art show. Next on our show, it's a segment that we call the Cosmic Swirl, where we talk about the big mysteries that we encounter in our lives. So, Kodiak, what is cosmic for you? We talk about these missing ingredients that if you add them, you get something that's more spiritual and more mystical. And it's so funny uh, that a few weeks ago we were talking about campfires and how Anything becomes more primal if you just add fire to it. Yeah. We've talked about dawn and dusk. Like, just add a sunrise and woo, then it's an experience. Yeah, and it's so funny how summer mysticism is is, is the opposite of fire. Just, just add water. <laughs> <laughs> and you can suddenly create a mystical experience. I mean, granted, better when it's in nature than, you know, at somebody's pool. Yeah. But... It's amazing how many moments of calm and contemplation and deep conversation about big, important things end up being by an ocean, mm-hmm. by a lake, in a lake, while walking through a river with your sneakers on. <laughs> and what is it that water does for our brains? And is it something about being in a natural place anyway and the, the extra sensory experience? I don't know. I 
have theorized before that the reason our eyes are drawn to screens and TV and stuff is because it mimics flickering water, mm-hmm. I imagine. And this is, like, so not scientific, so don't mm-hmm. quote me on anything ever. Mm-hmm. But everything Jamaica says is accurate. Yes, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have imagined that the reason that we like to see bright sparkles of light is because our brains are tuned in to, to seek out water mm-hmm. because it's a resource that we need. And if you see moving water... It has that that flickering, shining light quality. There might just be something about water that's so necessary mm-hmm. to us as as creatures mm-hmm. that you see water, you're around water, and your brain is just telling you, yes, this is important. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing, we need to pay attention to it. Turn everything on right now. Is that why it's calming, do you think? Like, oh, okay, I found it. Now yeah. I can chill out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Because it is. There's mm-hmm. something very soothing about water. Yeah. Yeah. The, the race is over. Now you can sit down. You have water. It's yeah. okay. Unless you are a 12-year-old boy doing a cannonball, in which right. case there's nothing soothing ever. No. <laughs> well, you know, I'm finding now as a parent of kids who are not soothed by the water, it's, it's less soothing for me, too, to be like, not so close. Get out of there. No, get out of there right now. <laughs> oh, but I do know what you're talking about, just that that sense of reflection that, like, sneaks up on you when you're around water. I think that an additional summer goal of mine should be to have some more time with natural water, with Mm -hmm. finding the river on hot days and finding the good swimming holes in the river on on those those super hot days when you wonder why we live here, Mm -hmm. and getting up into the woods at some of the lakes and just enjoying that peace that lakes provide. Yeah, it's magical. Yay, water. (laughs) And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. I can't believe I stuck my hand in there. When we talk about things that are less beautiful, mysterious, or sublime, Mm -hmm. and possibly involving water. (laughs) This time, yes. Listeners, I am going to share with you a tale that was really not funny to me for a long time. (laughs) But look at me laughing about it now. I have grown. (laughs) So I have a summer birthday, which means that most of my birthday parties as a kid were based on water and water experiences. So one year for my birthday, it was rainy and drizzly, but I had planned a day at the lake. So we were going to the lake, darn it. And my friends and I ran into the water and splashed around and it was cold and it was rainy. So we got out and I found that I was still pretty chilly because I had put on a sweatshirt, but my clammy bathing suit top was underneath just making me cold. So I was a genius and I thought I'll take it off and then I won't be so cold. And, you know, it worked. But my <laughs> my brain failed me and it did not file away that important action that I had just taken. It did not remind me, you've taken off your swimsuit. <laughs> so when I decided I was ready to go back in the water, I stripped off my sweatshirt and ran gracefully and elegantly to the edge of the water while everyone looked at me really, really weird. <laughs> Yep, I was naked, and I was a big enough kid 
for that to really matter to me <laughs> that I had done that. And that's not even the best part. This was a joint birthday party. So my brother had invited all of his friends <laughs> to come to the lake for a day of water play. I, I tell myself that no one was paying attention because <laughs> I don't have hard evidence to contradict that. So, Well, I know whenever there's a naked person nearby, I don't happen to notice. <laughs> This is this is a soothing falsehood that I'm going to cradle delicately to my chest. But um yeah. That day at the lake was was not soothing to me. <laughs> and I cried a lot and I think my friends didn't know quite what to make of me, but uh, I survived. So the next time something horrible happens where you feel exposed, dear listeners, just remember <laughs> someday you might tell the whole world on the radio about it and laugh. <laughs> The end. (laughs) We like to close our show with gratitude. So, Kodiak, what are you grateful for this week? I am so grateful for the farmer's market. Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) open again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, we just had one of our first meals with local things from the (sighs) farmer's market. I feel such immense gratitude that we are able to have good food and real food here in Yakima. And it not only tastes better, but it's a heck of a lot more fun. It is. And I'm grateful for... The practice of being a regular customer, and so I have, like, my three favorite booths that I always go to, which are conveniently right next to each other, and so whenever I go, like, the merchants are happy to see me, that the first one this year, I got two hugs. Yay! (laughs) All right! I've been going to these places for years, Mm -hmm. and so they know me, and they know what I like, and, you know, one of them, sometimes they'll, like, throw in extra things, and it's more fun to have that relationship with other people who are making your food that's really wonderful food. With one of them, we've been to their farm and yeah. we've, you know, snuggled their animals in addition yes. to buying their cheese. And with another one, like, she kind of knows what I like to cook because she knows, like, oh, if there's basil, she's going to want it. If there's squash blossoms, she's going to want it. If there's broccoli, she's going to go absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and that ability to maintain more biodiversity and keep our valley more unique and interesting while having something that's delicious and playful and builds community. It's so many good things all in one. It almost doesn't feel like it should be allowed, right? (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge fan of the farmer's market. And what are you grateful for? I am grateful because a friend of mine gave me the gift of Ohanapakash Campground Reservations. This is a campground at uh, Mount Rainier. It's part of Mount Rainier National Park. And it's this beautiful old Mm. forest that's drippy and mossy mm-hmm. and and leads to bright wooded trails and meadows and and places where avalanches have fallen and they're just rocks everywhere mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful and usually i only get to go for day hikes mm-hmm. because it's it's just such a place in high demand and you can hike to waterfalls and cliffs i can't even describe the diversity of scenery and it's all just breathtaking 
So to be able to go there and just stay for a couple of nights, Mm. what a gift. So I'm extremely grateful that we get to go and just pretend that we lived there for like 48 hours at least. (laughs) (laughs) And we are so grateful to you, dear listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on The Spirit of the Endeavor. And please help us build some community. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what is awesome possum from Mm -hmm. you. We'd love to share your awesome things on the show. We'd love to hear where you've been sticking your hands. Because (laughs) the world is beautiful and it's hilarious. And we make the world better when we pay attention to the things that are beautiful and funny. So please do connect (laughs) with us by emailing us at spiritoftheendeavor, all one word, at gmail.com. Connecting with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And also email us at spiritoftheendeavor at gmail.com if you would like to subscribe to our free monthly newsletter where we'll send links and photos of all these fun things that we talk about. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And please do let a friend know about our show because we know that our fans are out there because, dude, if somebody else made this show, this would be totally what I want to listen to. So we just need to connect with them. Thank you, as always, to Free Sounds for our music, and big thank yous to our husbands, Frank and Avery, for putting kids to bed so that we can get together and record. Mm -hmm. This has been the Spirit of the Endeavor. I'm Kodiak Julian. I'm Jamaica Zogelman. See you next week. Bye! Under the toilet, down by the pee, yeah. (laughs) Thank you and good night.